You are now entering Frida's world. Join us as we address various issues facing women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. Whose world is this? It's Frida's world. What's it like? What's it like? Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f*** with future. That's clash it. It's Frida's World. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Frida's World. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. And as always, I hope you guys are having a wonderful, wonderful week so far. So the weather outside is frightful. It is literally 24 degrees Fahrenheit outside in these New York City streets. Um, the weather is crazy. It was 50 something degrees yesterday morning. And then by the time I left work, it was about 34 degrees. And now we're now it's 24 degrees. So I really hope you guys are staying warm. It looks like it's going to be cold for the next couple of days. So get your bubble jackets out. It's not time to be cute. Get your Uggs out. I will say sometimes people scoff at the Ugg purchases, but let me tell you, I've had my pair for the last maybe, what, two years now? These are the warmest bad boys this side of the Mississippi, and they really, truly keep you warm. Like, this is not a fashion accessory. These these Uggs keep you warm. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am not being sponsored by Uggs to say this. I just felt the need to share with my people um, different tips on staying warm. Since it looks like winter is going to be crazy this year. It, it like I have no doubt in my mind that, w- that we're going to be in like negatives. Um, so I guess I guess I don't know. <laughs> I was on such a positive note. Now I went negative. Either way, um, today we're going to talk about seasonal depression. I pause there a little bit. Seasonal depression and how to be present at work, how to not be seen as the antisocial coworker while you're dealing with seasonal depression. And I thought it was important to talk about it. And I think every year I tend to talk about seasonal depression because people think that it's not a thing. Like they think it's some sort of like construct, something we came out of um thin air with but it actually is a thing so I definitely want to talk about that and kind of how to keep you know keep yourself still engaged with coworkers, still engaged in the office setting um, because I was kind of going through this um, a couple of weeks ago when I realized myself that I was not engaging as much and I was really being more of like a social recluse and I kind of saw how that affected the team in a sense so um, I'm coming from personal experience <laughs> when I'm sharing all this with you so I definitely felt like if I'm going through this, I'm pretty sure there are other people going through this too. Um, so before we get into, you know, the meat of the show, I just want to remind you guys to please subscribe, rate and review to the podcast um, in order for the podcast to reach new highs, in order for it to be in front of more audiences. You all have to kind of help me um, share the podcast, subscribe, download, you know, all these metrics are important. And as much as, you know, I'm happy to really just <laughs> talk to myself and talk to you guys because I know that you guys are actually digesting some of the things that I say. Wouldn't you love your friends to be, you know, part of this tribe too? Wouldn't you love to be discussing Frida's world with, you know, random strangers in the streets? <laughs> and you can only do that if it's if it's out there. So, um As you're listening now, please go down and download this episode, subscribe, and that way you have the episodes on demand. You could listen to them whenever you want to, and you know, 
You can also be the first to know, you know, when an episode comes up. So definitely, definitely do that for me, please. Um, and so every week, you know, I have the highlight of the week. So this week, my highlight is my upcoming girls trip to Atlantic City that's taking place this weekend. And so I have many pockets of friends. Um, I'm the same person in every circle, but I mean, it's just life. You have, you know, different friends that stem out of different, you know, situations. So this group of friends, um, are my church sisters. I've known them for a very long time. I grew up with them and it's, you know, we're all of the same faith. We, you know, we kind of have that same Haitian American upbringing, um, and we're all mothers, which doesn't always happen in a lot of my groups. In many of my other female groups, I'm the only one with a child. So this one's a bit refreshing because they're all mothers. And we range from different ages. We have some who are 42. We have some who are 34. Um, you know, still within the same, you know, generation per se. But, you know, different at different stages. We have women in different stages in this group. And I'm really excited because we actually have never had a girls group amongst ourselves before. We've had little outings like brunch here and there, but we've never made the time to go away because, like I said, we're all mothers. And this is the one group where everyone's married and I'm not married. So I am the single one out of this group. Um, so that's an interesting dynamic as well, too. But I'm really excited because, you know, I feel like especially with this group for me, you know, they're all we're all mothers. Yes. But some of them have been mothers longer than I have. They're all married. So, you know, our discussion will be very eye opening for me because, I, you know, whenever you go away on these girl trips, it's time to bond. It's time to talk about trials and tribulations. And it's kind of time for everyone to kind of get together, give our opinions and really be support systems for each other. So I'm really excited for this particular trip. Um, one, because it's going to be hilarious. And also because it's going to be a learning experience for me. I'm, I always take the time to learn from different um, groups. I love learning from people who have experienced life, even if it's just a little longer than me. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this bonding experience. So that's my highlight of the week. So to get into the show. So we're talking about seasonal depression. But before I go into how to manage your depression at work and how to, you know, stay engaged even when you don't want to, I want to talk about what seasonal depression is. So according to the internet, um, <laughs> the Mayo Clinic, uh, namely, seasonal depression is actually called seasonal affective disorder, SAD. And it's a type of depression that's related to changes in the seasons. So SAD, S-A-D, begins and ends about the same time every year. So if you're like most people with seasonal depression, your symptoms start in the fall and continue into the winter. Um, basically, you know, some of the symptoms is just a sapping of your energy. You're you're very lethargic. Um, you oftentimes um, feel, you know, I don't know, you could feel a little anxious. Um, you have a loss of appetite. There's even weight loss. I mean, I'm not experiencing the weight loss part, but... <laughs> Um, you're, there's feelings of hopeless, hopelessness, worthlessness. Um, you start, you feel guilty for whatever reason. You're having difficulty concentrating. You're feeling very sluggish and agitated. You're having problems with sleeping again, low energy. Um, 
you know, some people even have frequent thoughts of death or suicide. So seasonal depression is not anything to play with, especially if it's getting more, you know, if it's becoming, I guess, more and more serious. It's not just a one or two day thing, but you're, you know, in a constant state of depression. Um, you know, again, losing interest in activities you once enjoyed. I know myself, there were things that I was really, really interested in that kind of like was like, eh, I'm not really interested in doing this anymore. Those are, you know, some of the typical symptoms of seasonal depression. Now, you don't need to be diagnosed by a medical professional, um, you know, with seasonal depression. It's something that you can self-diagnose yourself with. Again, you notice that you have a loss of appetite or you notice that, um, maybe there's an increase in your, in your weight gain because you're eating carbohydrates all the time. You're overeating because some people, that's something that takes place. Um, you, you're again, withdrawing from activities that you were once interested in. You're not as social with your friends. You're withdrawing a little bit. You're not, you know, you're not attending the typical holiday, you know, lineup or the birthday lineup that takes place every year. You're feeling a little hopeless. You're not concentrating. These are things that you can identify within yourself. And so, you know, being a little more self-aware around this time is very important um, so that you can kind of get a handle of what's going on. And so now when you've self-diagnosed yourself with the seasonal depression, um, there are are many things that you can do to kind of snap out of it. Um, you, you know, since you're aware, you can try to, you know, be a little more social. You can try to, you know, do things that might uh, make you a little more happy because the, the, the decrease of serotonin levels is one thing that causes the depression, right? Um, so maybe finding, actively finding activities or actively doing things that make you um, happier. So maybe surrounding yourself with that core group of yours that you know there's always a joke to be had. It could even be scrolling through Instagram, looking at memes. The meme game right now at this point is at its highest, especially with that little cat <laughs> and the woman from, um, you know, uh, Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> like those memes are killing me right now. Um, so maybe it could be something like like that melatonin the 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 lack of melatonin um in your system is also a, a contributor to depression so when people say i'm vitamin d deficient um it's it's because there's a lack of of melatonin right um and so maybe taking vitamin d supplements i mean i know i'm i'm personally on on prescription vitamin D supplements because my, my, my levels are very, very low. Um, it's a little harder for people who live in the big cities because, you know, the, the lack of direct sunlight is real. Um, but if you live in, in warmer regions, um, you know, try to get that sun time, try to get that time in the sun um, so that you can increase your melatonin levels, because that could definitely assist um, in your, you know, your mental health. Right. Um, but, if you find that you've tried some of these things and it's not really working, there's nothing wrong with seeing a medical professional, with seeing a licensed therapist, social worker to kind of just talk some things out and maybe, you know, gain some more insight and maybe learn some new uh, tricks or strategies to kind of get you back, um, you know, back in full speed in a sense. 
um so that pretty much is seasonal depression it's like i said it's a real thing nobody's making this up um it usually goes away after a couple of months you know once the once we start getting into spring it tends to go away because this you know the sun is starting to shine a little brighter we're out in the streets a little more um the weather is not as frightful and we're not like i said we're not indoors as much so it does get a little better um, but I guess the main thing for me is we're in the period of seasonal depression. That's where we are right now. So how, you know, if it's, if you're one of those individuals that are affected, um, by seasonal depression that have seasonal depression, um, you kind of want to know how can I be my best self at work? So the reason I thought that this would be a good topic for today is because as I had mentioned a little earlier, a few weeks ago, um, I noticed that I was very withdrawn. Like, I don't, I don't know exactly what that moment was that, that highlighted that to me. I think it might've been a coworker who came into my, my office space and was like, I haven't seen Rita in several weeks. Like what is going on with her? Now, granted, I wasn't feeling well, you know, I had the whole colon infection thing and I had other things going on, but I have been a little more on the quiet side. My, you know, my door, you know, is always closed. I'm not really popping out and engaging with people as much as I was during the summer. And I realized that that was kind of affecting, I think, the morale in a sense within my office. So within my specific office, I work with two other people. Um, so I have a door to my my space, another coworker, she has a door to her space. And then there is like the reception uh, manager um, that's out there who kind of deals with the in and out of, of employees and the human resources. And um, I realized that I that I wasn't really talking to anybody. You know, I kind of would walk in in the morning, go to my office, close my door and call it a day. And I was doing that on a very consistent basis, like every single day to the point where I feel like when people tried to knock on my door, they were a little fearful as to how I would respond. Like, you know, it seems like she doesn't want to be bothered by anybody. And I'm like, you know what? That's not how I want to be portrayed or seen at work. Now, I am an antisocial socialite. That is who I've always been. I realize that I I love and hate people at the same time. But I don't want to be really known for that, especially in, you know, such tight quarters at the workplace. And so, you know, I came up, I guess, with a system in a sense or kind of like a checklist um, for me to stay engaged when I don't want to be engaged. Like I'm going through seasonal depression. I mean, I, I am an individual who, who goes through bouts of depression in general, but during the fall winter, it's even worse. And so, you know, I recognize that about myself and I can't allow that to kind of, you know, put me in a box at work. And so I had to come up with different ways to be engaged, to still be, hey, guys, I'm here, even though I really don't want to talk to anybody. And so (laughs) the routine that I've put, you know, put out for myself um, is one, when I get up, when I get into the workspace, um, I kind of make a brief round, right? I get in, I say hello, I put my stuff down, and then I I ask, does anybody want coffee? I'm stepping out to get coffee. Does anybody want coffee? For the most part, I know damn well nobody's asked. Nobody's 
you know, saying, hey, yeah, can you get me a cup? But it's a means of communication, right? It's a way that I engage. Hey, anybody want any coffee? I'm about to step outside. I'm, I'm communicating with them. I'm letting them know, hey, I'm here. Um, the next thing I do when I get back into my office space, I keep my door open for about an hour or two. Again, I am notorious for having, I'm, a, I'm one of those individuals who keeps the door closed. I'm one of those people who hates to pick up phone calls. <laughs> I am one of those people when you knock on my door, you will feel like you're interrupting me. I need to get better at that, but that's just how I am. I just, I like to just be alone in my space. I do not like to be interrupted, especially when I'm at work. Um, that's just how I am, but I am trying to get better. Um, so knowing that I am that person, and again, in order to keep up, you know, level of engagement, I keep my door open for the first few hours of work because in the morning I'm less distracted. So I can tolerate whatever, you know, background noise is going on. Um, and then the other thing too is, you know, having an open door is inviting. It gives you an inviting feel like, okay, she's not closing herself off to us by, you know, closing her door. Her door is open, even if we don't walk in, but there's still an inviting feel within the office space. Um, the next thing I do is around lunchtime, I'll do another like, you know, walk through, pop in and say, hey, I'm going outside. Anybody need anything? Again, I know for the most part, people are not going to need anything, but it's just another way to kind of check in like, hey, guys, you know, just checking in, you know, I'm alive. <laughs> um, and it, I find that it works. You know, there's not much conversation that surrounds, you know, with that, but it's conversation nonetheless. And sometimes on, you know, on a good day, they might even ask you, well, what, what are you thinking about getting outside? Like, I don't need anything, but you know, what, what ideas do you have? You know, and that could turn into a conversation, very brief, but conversation nonetheless. And the next thing is toward the end of the day, which is usually my favorite part, right? Everybody is getting ready to get up and go home. And at this time, it's a little bit easier <laughs> to have that conversation too, because everyone, whether you had a depressed day or not, everyone's happy when they're leaving the office, right? The serotonin markers are off the charts at that point. And so, you know, that's the time when you're like, hey, get home safely, you know, keep warm, see you tomorrow, see you in the morning, have a good night. Again, more engagement, more connection. Um, I think the final thing that tends to work really, really well, again, in making sure that you're kind of connected, even when you don't want to be, um, is that Friday, Monday um, spiel, right? So when Friday hits, the conversation is usually, hey, so what are you guys doing for the weekend? Any plans? Anything fun? That gives you that opportunity to spend like two, three minutes, five minutes talking about whatever plans or, or hopeful plans that you have. So it, it does also allow you to kind of get, you know, a little more personal with your colleagues. Um, so it's not just about what's going on at work. It's not just about, oh, what are you eating today? But it kind of allo it allows you to get a little personal. It kind of shows that, hey, you know, I kind of care about what you are doing um, for the weekend. And then the next is when you get back to work on Monday. Hey, you know, you follow up. Did you end up, you know, going to ski over the weekend? Did you end up going to that party you were telling me about? You know, how did your weekend go? And anything fun? Like, did you do anything special? And you kind of just repeat that cycle. <laughs> 
that, you know, I kind of do a, a repeat of all of these steps. So it's about like, what, six different steps here. And I kind of repeat them every day, every week, um, just to make sure that I'm engaged and that I'm still present, even when I know damn well, I want nothing to do. And it's, it's not about the coworkers. I just don't want anything to do with anybody. <laughs> you know, I just kind of want to be in my own little like, you know, turtle shell. Um, but you can't be like that. Because again, when you're black, you can't really afford to be that antisocial person. You know, you're already, you know, an in many situations seen as the angry black woman or the person who can't, who's, who's sensitive. So you also don't want to be an antisocial figure at your job. Um, but it's hard when it's not like I want to be like this, but I'm being affected by the elements, you know, I'm being affected by seasonal change. It's a real thing. Depression is real. It's it's a little difficult when you're kind of dealing with that and you're battling that, but you still have to be up in people's faces and you still have to work with others, mix and mingle and all of that. So you know, for those of you who kind of struggle <laughs> with being the antisocial socialite, especially when you're in your bouts of depression, these are just a few things that I would suggest that's just to kind of get you out there. You know, when you walk to the bathroom, you say hello when you see somebody. You might not want to. I'm telling you, there are times where I just don't want to say hello. I don't want to say, it's not, I'm not a rude person. I grew up with manners, but you just don't want to engage. But when I walk to the bathroom, I see a coworker or I see an employee in the building, I say hello and then I keep it moving. When I'm leaving, I say goodbye, I keep it moving. If I even if I remember your name, I might say, "Hey Stephanie," and keep it moving. Little things like that, although it doesn't seem like much and it to some it might seem like you're faking it, but sometimes you got to fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> you have to do what you got to do. And so that's what I would suggest when it comes to dealing with seasonal depression at work. Um, you know, one, identify what the issues are. See if there's anything you can personally do for yourself. I mean, for me, I love comedy. So I'm trying to see if I could throw in a comedy show, you know, once every other week just to kind of get me, you know, get me happy and get me, you know, I don't know, out of the rut. Um, but I also see a therapist once a week. And so we talk about some of these things. And, you know, I, I try to gain some insight onto, as to how to, um, you know, deal with this season of depression, you know. Um, so there are many things that you can do. You don't have to just deal with it and you don't have to allow yourself to just be that mean coworker. Because at the end of the day, you're not that person. You're just dealing with the elements. You're dealing with, you know, a, chemi a chemical condition. Um, and so, you know, although I always say you kind of have to give yourself a little, uh, yourself a little slack. Is that what it is? Yes. Give yourself a little slack, but you also have to take initiative and kind of be at the forefront of your issues too. Right. Um, so with that being said, I hope that you guys, um, learned something from today's show. Um, I hope that you guys take this into consideration, do a little self-assessment today, Find out if, you know, am I, am I depressed? Is it seasonal depression? Do I have SAD? And if that's the case, you know, go through the checklist. See if there's anything that you can do to kind of get yourself on on a healthier mental path. Um, and if you need to go see a therapist, there is no shame in that game at all. So 
with that being said, um, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of, of Frida's World. Um, I do want to encourage you guys to send me emails if you have any questions, if you want to be a guest on the show, or if you know somebody who would make a great guest for the show, definitely send me an email at Rita, R-I-T-H-A, at Frida'sWorld.com. Also, you can engage with me on Instagram. I mean, a, a lot of people have been doing that, sending me DMs, telling me about other people who they think would be great to be on the show or just, you know, reaching out and saying, hey, I heard your episode this week and I thought it was really cool. Thank you so much. I love um, engage. I mean, I don't have a social media manager for my Frida's World IG page. So when you're speaking to the individual, you're speaking to me. <laughs> when you're engaging, I am the one that's answering and liking and, and commenting and doing all that stuff. Um, so definitely feel free to do that. And again, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Download these episodes. Share them with your friends. Feel free to repost my posts on social media. And... With that being said, everyone, have a great week and please stay warm. Whose world is this? It's Frida's world. What's it like? What's it like? Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f with future. That's clash it. It's Frida's world.